I uh, so I was I was playing golf this weekend and I cracked okay. my driver. What? what I was gonna tell you when you asked. So I I cracked the bottom of my driver. I've had it for three years. TaylorMade has a warranty for two years. And if it's over that, you need a receipt, which obviously I don't have. Of course not. I think like three years ago. But they will often send you a new one from the same era. So they got back to me and they were like, we can't, we can't do it, whatever. And then I said, oh. I sent him an email. I was like, I really love this driver. Do you have any other options? Because I just love the M5 so much. Thinking of switching to Callaway. No, you didn't. Yeah. And so I haven't I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard from him. I'll keep you posted. Oh, let's see. That's a baller move. Expect anything different? <laughs> Welcome back to the Pin Seeker Podcast, episode two. Obviously, still working out a few of the kinks, but uh, how you doing today, Jacob? Not too bad. Not too bad. I um, unfortunately this wasn't an awesome weekend for watching golf, so I need something to scratch my itch while we're waiting. Yeah, right. And I think we'll get into a few other topics because obviously the tournaments aren't usually what they are, with the Zurich being such a uh, kind of low draw event. Um, the big story I feel of the weekend had to be live Australia kind of for the first time, at least that I can remember yeah. they might've held the prominent weekend spot in the golf world. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think this is their arrival. I, I, I don't think there's anything to it. I think this is, this is their first flagship event. Really? I, I know they tried a bunch last year. They, they keep trying to do it. They keep even ratings wise they keep pitting themselves up against these really bad pga tour tournaments and so far smart. it hasn't worked very smart very smart they know i mean they have an idea of what they're doing as much as a lot of people wouldn't you know maybe even myself would like to admit i think that this was the first time that they really really got through to people um we discussed it a little bit last week about how there's this untapped australia market for pro golf and they not they they just made it a big party and people like parties obviously especially people who don't ever get to see pro sports like that or pro golf at least like that and it kind of just like turned into like a big rugby you know scrum out there with uh concerts and they had you know the dj fisher who i'm not super familiar with but apparently in australia he's a huge deal and uh they were sold out yeah, tickets sold. I, I kept seeing these things online saying they were giving them away for free. I, I kind of highly doubt that. I, I don't think that they probably didn't need to. Um, I kept seeing everyone in the crowd was wearing, you know, these Cam Smith shirts and these Ripper GC shirts. This is like also like the first time that I saw the, the actual team market work uh, because this, they have this all Aussie team and everyone there is Australian. 
uh, I think it was 60% of the crowd was from that specific state in Australia and 40% was, you know, interstate and international, uh, which I think probably is, is more than they could expect of actually, uh, people from that area going there and you know they totally bought in to the ripper gc and these aussies and the people there were overly supportive and it looked like a really really good time i must admit and even then you know i think you can start seeing a lot of the golf world maybe coming around to this idea of it's not going to be the same it's not going to necessarily be what we all you know, no golf to be, but it, it doesn't mean it's not going to be fun and fun to be at. Right. I, so arrival, right. Let's touch on that a little bit because it was probably better than anything that they've done to date for themselves and for the average or adamant golf fan. Um, probably the most intrigued I've been at the, the product itself. I guess my question is, where exactly do they go from here? Because so there are draws, right? The party aspect, the fun part, these things that are kind of lacking in the world of golf and kind of always have been. But then again, there are things about it that are still a little bit suspect, for lack of a better term. I mean, right. Number one, it is a little bit bizarre. I mean, no one no one wants to talk about Saudi Arabia. I certainly don't want to spend the, the majority of this segment talking about it, but I'm pretty sure you can't drink there. Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I'm pretty sure not, drinking is Definitely illegal. not publicly. Right, or publicly. So I, I'll, I'll cut this if I'm wrong. But given that, it was sort of a little weird to see it turn into a drinking fest. Now, obviously, me as a golf fan, I want all this fun stuff in there. I love the waste management. I love the energy of this in theory. But it For seems sure. like they're trying to grab at anything that works. And it's just a mm -hmm. little a, a little bit bizarre to me. Second for me, the leaderboard was just still so <sighs> horrible. And obviously, like the Zurich sucked. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, um, you know, Davis Riley has, a, has a bit of cachet, but like nobody knows who Davis Riley is. I mean, you and I do very, we didn't before the Valspar last year. I can guarantee you that, but of course. The, the leaderboard is just, it's not who they would prefer. And I think that's happening with a lot of their events, right? I, mm -hmm. It's tough when all Taylor of them is, is the top. Right, like yep. because the guys that they brought over, even if they're old and kind of you know their backs are broken, etc., they want a few of those guys to be in contention, and none of them have been able to do it. I know DJ played it well last year, but but that's it. They they're not getting the guys they want. Yeah, a, a few things on that is DJ played very well last year, but also that was before they got a majority of their players. You know, so it was DJ and a bunch of nobodies and. I guess like their his biggest competition was injured Brooks, injured Bryson, Pat Reed. That was pretty much it. Um, on, another point, yeah, yeah, definitely, exactly. A bunch of you know retirees. Uh, I think that this year, 
they're starting to see like this middle ground of players who you know are are good you know taylor gooch was qualified for the masters so you can't argue that this guy's not a pretty good player and he shot what 62 62 i think he hit 97 percent of his greens at least over those two days um guy played absolutely lights out and but at the same point no one's watching this for taylor gooch there's only a few guys there that they're watching this for they're watching for cam smith dustin johnson phil mickelson maybe kapka maybe kapka i think if bryson was in there uh and not the one i mean bryson yeah, the other Kepka, right? <laughs> the reason that that the Kepka with the ace is even on this tour. So, uh, I, but like even even Bryson has top five. He was top five in the PIP rankings when he was on tour, and this guy, I don't even think he can break the top twenty on on Live. It's outrageous. He's just not very good, and yeah. they have these these players who are not really drawing their biggest crowd. I, I just that their people are there. I think it's just for the novelty. I think people will go because it's there once a year. Uh, they don't really care who wins. They just want to have a party. But when you're paired up against like these designated events where every single time there's a leaderboard of Scheffler, Rom, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, uh, they're going to get blown out of the water, and there's no way that this product can be sustainable up against something like that. That's Do you a huge actually shout out for uh, Jason Day to be put in the same <laughs> yeah. sense with some of those? Guys. I just I mean, mean like, maybe... I just mean like, for everyone knows who Jason Day is. People really, really like Jason Day. I think a lot more people like Jason Day than they do Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, not to say that I don't like Matt Fitzpatrick, but people know who he is. He's a major champion. Um, and he's a really, really likable guy. Do you actually, while we're on this topic of no names uh, winning these live tournaments, do you know who's in first in their individual standings? They do like a year-long standings thing. Oh, bad radio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a blank. Give me like two seconds. I, I, it's, you, it's fine if you don't get it because there's unless I, I said, saw today, I said, there's no way. I would have said Taylor Gooch had you not queued it up like you did. Okay, yeah. It's Peter Uline. Yeah. Yeah. I it's saw bad. his name on the leaderboard. That that is tough. He's been like top ten, I think, every single event. Um he was I was watching the other day, I don't even know what the technically the length of the par five was, but on whatever easy course they put these guys on, just whatever course they could find in Australia that could fit fans around a par three. This guy had 129 yards into a par five. He was using a sand wedge. Like these, these courses aren't, I I know that they play some tough courses. Like uh, the Bedminster is a pretty tough course. That's a major championship caliber course. Obviously Trump Doral is is a really tough course, but I don't know. I I don't know. The one this week was a joke. Did you see the, uh, the bottom of the leaderboard? I did not, so, but I'm, I'm guessing it's I, bad. I think every single person was under par, except two. Um, Martin Keimer. Two, sorry. Martin Keimer, and Martin Keimer was plus seven. There was one person <sighs> below 
Martin Keimer, and he was plus 14. All right, give me a second. Uh, Kevin Na. C1 Kim. Same team as Kevin Na, I think. Yeah. The, the tough, Iron tough Heads. The game event. Yeah, but I mean, I still don't I still don't totally understand how that works. Like they take the top two or three or something every day, not even cumulative. I think it's just like, like if Siwon Kim was plus fourteen and then shot sixty two on Friday, his score would count. They're always in it. I haven't taken the time to really understand. Yeah, um, why would you? Mostly because I think it's I think it's pretty stupid. But um, it was it was kind of interesting. Did you hear Taylor Gooch after the event talk about? I mean, obviously he can say what he wants for the reasons that he went to live. We all know it's money, but he talked about the team yeah. aspect and how that was his biggest draw. He played team sports growing up. Do you think that's just something that's being fed to him? Yes. He. This is the same guy who last year said that the live golf was more pressure packed than the Ryder Cup. Oh yeah, well, so I don't believe I don't believe a word this guy says. <laughs> to be he honest. certainly felt it coming down the stretch. Almost blew a fourteen shot lead or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That that's also another interesting thing because there's so much up in the air about whether these guys all made their money like up front or or they they actually do get money from this. I, I'm I'm guessing that they probably do, but who knows if it counts against their contract or what actually it may be. So let's move back a little bit, and I'd like to get into this discussion a little bit as a golf fan, not to play ethics police, but just more hear your thoughts on when these guys are asked questions, because they continue to be asked questions before and after events about the whole concept of sports washing. And it's something that I think a lot of people were screaming about at the beginning when the tour Mm -hmm. started. And then it's sort of died down a little bit in terms of at least stuff that I'm seeing online in the golf world. Do you think that it's something that just ultimately ends up getting swept under the rug as this goes? Or obviously that depends a bit on the the success of the tour or what, what's your take on that landscape as a whole? Yeah. So I think that you can put me firmly in the group of people who think of this as sports washing to a degree uh i i don't know how you know much i can play more police here because i've seen you know other corporations you know they have ties to saudi arabia who am i to cut draw the line here i think that i've seen them succeed in it in europe and soccer uh man city psg uh, these huge, huge, huge soccer teams, Newcastle, Newcastle now, right? Uh, which is the same public investment fund, I believe. They're they're succeeding in it, and I I think that you know you can root for it at the same time, or root not for it, but root against what their ideals are are, and you know be against what their morals are. But at the same time, you can root for the product. Uh, I. I don't like, you know, we've talked a lot about how we don't like the product, at least now. If someone were to come to me and say, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you $100 million or 10 times whatever I'm making at my current job, and you have to work less or the same amount, 
and I would I can't imagine that I would say no regardless of where this comes from. And that's what DJ said. DJ said that yeah. in the Netflix doc. And I thought that was the most real that I ever felt because I was very much against the whole thing from the get-go and then sort of finally hearing guys be honest about it and I understand that they they can't. I'm sure they're being told not to talk about a lot of these things. But Right that's something that resonates with me and it's like i can play moral police all i want but it is at the end of the day me picking and choosing a specific instance in where i don't want to support something and and that's like ultimately what it comes down to it's 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 something that i'm not actively rooting for but have also you know my ears and eyes are glued to it a bit because i want to see what happens and you know from that standpoint of judging a lot of these guys like if you're the ian poulters lee westwoods of the world and even like you can put kepka into this conversation because he was so injured where you Mm -hmm. really know that your best golf is behind you and you're unable to compete with the weekly grind of the pga tour i find it very difficult to cast blame on decisions made by those guys. And then when it's like, oh, let's just blame the Cam Smiths and the Taylor Gooches of the world. Well, that's hard because then it becomes very subjective, right? You're drawing a line that doesn't necessarily exist because like I'm speculating about the older guy's condition. I'm speculating about the younger guys. So a lot of that for me now is I'm more concerned about what, the products on both tours are going to look like as a golf fan Mm -hmm. and as somebody that wants the best, right? I don't know if this is good for the game long-term in terms of getting that because yeah, it can make some things better, but it also tears guys apart. I think that we're seeing uh, both right now, Um, right? We're seeing the benefits to the players on both sides where everyone's making more money And we're seeing benefits to the fans where on the PGA Tour, we get designated events where we have all of these players playing together all the time. And we have these live events where more golf isn't necessarily a bad thing, even if it's Taylor Gooch winning the tournament. I I think that what I struggle with the most is that I do feel like this is is kind of going to make the product suffer long term for both. I can't buy into this team thing. I just I just don't think that it's really a very just legit premise for golf. Even if they just changed the names and made it kind of somewhat tolerable. I mean, the range goats, are we kidding? It's like, I mean, literally, I think Bubba Watson made his kid pick out of a hat and just like whatever he could possibly think of. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know if there's if there's necessarily a good solution. I I'm honestly I'm turning on live a little bit. I'm I'm rooting for it because it's it's I don't think it's going to go away at this point and I think they just have too much money for it to go away. I think that it's being relatively well received by the people who went over. The only major question mark here is are these guys going to be continuing uh, to get into the major championships because if they're not then we have they have some issues for sure so in my eyes the future of live is 
it, it, it's going to exist. I completely agree with you, whether we like it or not, whether they continue to get momentum. For me, the question is much more about who who else goes. And so yeah. the success this week is in a very specific market and not to not to toot our horns, but we talked about this with Australia last week, like for sure. what they were doing was very smart and savvy from a business perspective in a market that the PGA tour neglected, whether it be intentionally or not. And the players have talked about that. That's what happens. They didn't fit Australia in. So Australia being mm -hmm. the golf community that it is getting a tournament like that with some of those stars, a hundred percent, they, they absolutely hit it out of the park. And I think that moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if that momentum carries into other tournaments, because I know the American tournaments have been pretty, pretty low key, um, at least from what they were expecting. Right. Like even Tucson, you know, there wasn't a ton of mm -hmm. hype around that. I know there were very few people there relative to what they wanted. And I, I think that to see this momentum um, where it goes will will really be fascinating. Yeah, so I was thinking about it a little more because, right, we're, we're seeing, you know, they're going to Australia and this is a huge success. They're going to go next week. Their uh, Live Golf is going to be at Live Singapore. I know that they have like DJs there. Uh, I want to say like the chain smokers are going to be there or something like that. But I have a hard time imagining it's going to be anywhere near of a success that Live Golf Adelaide was. No shot. I don't see it. You know, maybe, you know, this whole party thing plays in Miami. This whole party thing plays in Australia when there's one big professional event. Uh, I, I don't see it playing much farther out of that. And, you know, maybe that that's okay. You know, the PGA Tour isn't 100% hits either. I think they got to pick and choose their spots at this point. I just also, where, I, I worry. Yeah. Where is the founder from? Norman. Yeah, exactly. I think that this raises almost, I, I guess at, at this point, it, it raises a bigger question, right? Because there's this question is, is for golf in general, right? We're seeing live golf have such a huge success. And I don't think that that's necessarily because of live golf. I think that that's because this was the only big pro event in Australia and PGA, PGA Tour have been neglecting that. So with players like Adam Scott, Jason Day, who are vets decided to stay, are very, very loyal, obviously, to the PGA Tour because these guys kind of fit this mold of people who could have probably gone over to live and they decided to stay and they decided to fight it out. Do they maybe know something? Because the PGA Tour absolutely 100% has to somehow react to this and i i doubt that they're just saying live golf you can have your australia market that just doesn't seem like the kind of relationship that these guys have right now although maybe i'm wrong well it's it's tricky so live players there are gonna be more i don't know if they'll be big but there are gonna be more i yeah i'm i'm sure of it Adam Scott, do you think he's on the PGA Tour this time next year? Yes. Okay. And follow-up to that, how much do you think the PGA Tour is paying him? Because he was gone. 
I think that he has there's something about him that thinks that he can probably still win uh and i don't necessarily think that he's wrong i think that he's of a higher skill level than a lot of the guys who went over and he still can play really really well you know he found new success with the putter if this guy if he can figure out his game a little more i wouldn't even be surprised to see him compete in majors to be honest that could really be it for him i don't know I don't know if it's a moral thing. I, I honestly haven't heard him talk much about it. It is interesting, though, seeing this Australia success. How does that affect these Australian players that are over there? I can't so imagine they're thrilled. No, certainly not. I mean, I, I think they... I think Jason Day and Adam Scott made decisions to not do it when there was momentum building and this was particularly true for scott just based off of a lot of what he said last year mm -hmm. i know he was definitely a little more open to the idea with with the american media but i'm interested too outside of the australians who goes i mean it's speculation at this point i know a lot of guys have been yeah you know connected at one time or another but i think what you've seen now is you have a core, right? You've got Spieth, Thomas, McElroy, Rom, Scheffler. Obviously, there are a few more names mixed in there. I think they're mm -hmm. all safe. I think you start to get out to the the good good players that are not necessarily in that core, where it's more of a coin flip. Cam Young has been rumored there. Cantlay has yep. been rumored there. Hovland rumored there not saying any of these guys will go but it'll be really interesting to see if the young talent if you get four or five more of those guys i mean gooch has shown it you're gonna dominate that tour peter uline's 33 years old and that's probably why he's doing so well on the tour because you're young you can play golf better than most of your competition and like who knows if they're making more money based off their success i'm sure there's part of it that exists like that but if you're a young guy that isn't necessarily tied to the PGA Tour like the Spieths, JTs, Rory's of the world, you have to be thinking about it a little bit, right? I think that they'd be relatively silly not to at this point. I I had this this thought came into my head earlier today about Cam Young. I I know that he went to the Saudi event earlier this year. Um, the, on the Asian tour for whatever money grab he got paid to be there. And that kind of, you know, reignited these rumors of is Cam Young going to, is Cam Young going to live? Uh, will he stay? You know, I, I've seen too much from him this year to make me think that that's going to be the case. He just got Webb Simpson's caddy. Um, I don't see that move being made if live is in the near future. Uh, he's actually done a lot on PGA Tour socials to kind of, you know, get to know Cam Young. Uh, who Who is Cam Young? He's not just this guy who kind of mean mugs his way around the course all the time and doesn't really show that much emotion. He's There is more to him. Uh, and he is a really young guy, too. He just looks like he's like 50. But he, I, I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to go. I, I think there probably still is some weight to uh, Hovland. He's uh, commented on the schedule quite a bit and how he doesn't like that he's being forced to play in the designated events. 
and I still fear Matsuyama's gone. Uh, I think that that would be their biggest get ever because that Asian market is, as you know, very, very, very big. And he's probably their biggest talent. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting question because we really don't know. I mean, who saw, I didn't really see, you know, Neiman and Pereira going. That was That was kind of news to me. I didn't see. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but I thought that these guys had really high ceilings and I thought that they were going to go that route rather than just the money grab and not contend route, which they chose. Well, you see it and we touched on it a little bit, but this, this concept of where people are from um, has played a big role in, yeah. in who's going to live. I know there's a, there's a good English con- contingency that's been linked there, but obviously with the big Australia and then, the majority of Central and South America, um, as well as Mexico, we've seen those players totally. that have been uh, immediately gone. Um, I think both the Mexicans, right? Cause, Ortiz cause and answer and Ortiz, yep. right? Yeah. So and then the Chileans, obviously. So I don't, I don't know. The, the Canadians are staying put. They love the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I wonder if there's like putt. a. Yeah, <laughs> not Corey Connors. Oof. If my life depended on that guy making a five footer, I'd be in danger. I'd take this... you over yeah, Corey right. to make a five footer <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh, and, and you've seen me pop before. It's not pretty. Um, I, I wonder if there's like some sort of targeting that they're doing here, right? There's, they obviously went after that South and Central America demographic to go all at once and and we saw on full swing that these guys are like family away from family right because they're not living in chile they're not living in colombia they're not living in mexico they're living in whatever it may be florida probably scottsdale something like that and their family there is mito Pereira, joaquin neiman seb muñoz these guys who all speak spanish and are all there I, I think Liv probably probably saw that and targeted them and said, you know, we'll set you guys up. You guys can be on the same team. You guys can. And maybe there is some merit to the team thing. Maybe that maybe that does draw them. Who knows? They look like they have fun when whatever Torque FC or whatever they are, Torque GC won their event. And they, they look like they're having fun. They look like they're enjoying the team event. And this this brings me to my next point. We've talked a lot about what we don't like about Liv and how it negatively affects things. But something that I do like about Liv is that whether or not you like this team competition or think that it's a team competition, there are shots on the last day for people not in the final group that matter a lot and not for just money. Um, Or I guess at the end of the day, it is for just money. But whether or not it's so serious and watching it you do feel like it it's not that serious you do feel like there's not that much pressure you do feel like it's like a party and it's not real golf but Eugenio Chikaria who I've had never I've never heard of him before has a 15 foot putt for birdie to put fireballs in third place so I guess that stuff matters yeah and I don't know we we can talk about this as we go because this conversation isn't going anywhere. And quite frankly, it's just going to heat up as the weeks get on. But, you know, obviously it, 
it was a good week for them and and we'll see where it goes from here and it's important for us to talk about them more this week than because that really was the highlight of this week and they own the golf world and they deserve to own this podcast for the week Let's move on to the runner-up of this weekend, the good old Zurich Classic PGA Tour's team event for the year. Um, how much of this did you watch? Because I watched very little. I tried. I really did. I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt. I tried to watch it. I appreciated that on Thursday morning, I could open up my phone and watch John Daly shoot 83 with David Duvall. Uh, that was pretty fun to watch. I, I don't know if that's what I want every week or even for more than the 15 minutes that I did watch it. Um, it's it's an interesting event. Uh, the players seem to like it, evident by these players like Shoffley and Cantlay who come back every year to play. The course is boring, in my opinion. Um, I think that there, there was also weather again this week somehow, which never is a good thing. The format's a little boring. I, I, I just, and and we see, you know, first of all, congratulations to Davis Riley and Nick Hardy. I think as people who follow golf, you can't be too surprised that either of these guys have won. I think maybe this week was a little surprising that they won, considering I don't think either of them were playing very well leading up to it. But it's it wasn't like a great leaderboard. I was watching Brandon Matthews and Sean O'Hare on Sunday who were like six shots back and being shown on TV quite frequently. It's not a draw. I fell asleep during the final round on Sunday. I, I took a nap and all of a sudden Davis Riley and Nick Hardy had won. So I did this Saturday afternoon. So obviously <laughs> I had some, had, had one of our guys in the mix uh, with Neesmith and more. And so I was watching them down the yep. stretch Saturday because there were a couple of great call by you and, well, none of them got the job done, but I um, I woke up and it was six holes later and the round it ended. And it, that, that usually doesn't happen. It was just, I, I they need a change. I, I can't stand this event. I'm going to be honest. I, I can't stand it. If they like the team thing, fine. Make it different. Make it more exciting. You have four days. Maybe do something different the four days. Because the alternate shot where you're just sitting watching a guy not hit the ball for yeah. a long time. It's, it's miserable. The most shots we saw on Sunday were from Wyndham Clark, Bo Hostler, Keith Mitchell, and Sung JM. I like Keith they Mitchell. I, I like Sung JM. I think that they had a lot of things, right? Like you said, they were fun. They had a lot of things in the news. You know, they were, Sung Jay was teaching Keith Korean. Keith was teaching Sung Jay stuff about like the Georgia Bulldogs good laughs. Uh, I think that they're likable people and they took advantage of the fact that they were probably two of the five biggest names in the field and, you know, upped their brand. I, I There's no other, we, not many other weeks where we'd be talking about Keith Mitchell and Sung JM other than them winning. Uh, they're not, you know, the most endearing guys on tour. I, I, I like them. I, I don't know. It's just, it's not, the, the stories aren't from the golf this week. The stories are from other things. Uh, 
great on them for winning. Uh, I don't I don't see much in this event for me to really talk about or care about or anything to keep me coming back to it. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, it was, I, I just, I'm so adamant about them needing a change here. I, so it was a normal event up until what, five or six years ago now? Uh, something like that. Yeah. So make it teams, but I almost, I almost like better ball match play. Like like the Ryder Cup in a in a tournament type environment where you attract some of the bigger players, I know where it is in the schedule. Like we've talked about, is playing against it. It's a dead but zone. Th- but this is just, I mean, it's just such such a bad product. As so a, as a golf fan, do we think that the PGA Tour just doesn't care? Because I I I honestly, that's how I feel. I feel like they they don't expect good players to play this week they don't expect anyone to watch uh in in fairness we just watched the masters and then a designated event at rbc uh at hilton head last week maybe you know maybe their ratings drop even if this was a designated event i bet their ratings drop right so to, to some degree i don't think anyone's watching um three weeks in a row the pga tour with all of this live versus PGA tour stuff has been catering towards the casual and not the diehard. And we're seeing this with this event where they don't really care. It seemed like they were kind of messing around. They're just playing with stuff. Even I noticed the on-air talent wasn't, you know, it was CBS, but Jim Nance wasn't there. Andrew uh, Catalan. He's actually, it was he's a superstar. He's, he does masters, right? He's not Nance. He does college basketball. I'm a I'm a big Andrew Catalan stand. He does I NFL, see that college basketball. I was I was really happy to see that he got the Zurich. Um, he does like Nance's the fifteenth at Augusta, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I, I actually sneaky couple years, maybe grooming him for the role. This was Nance's last year in the booth at college basketball. He's being replaced mm-hmm. by Ian Eagle, actually. And right. Catalan is he's a young young superstar. So don't speak ill on Catalan's name. No, 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 no. I'm not. I was actually going to say good stuff about them. I I thought that they they were like kind of needling each other and going back and forth. And I was like, you never get this with Nance. Uh, it's it's all like very by the book and professional. And this week it kind of seemed like I know they had a uh, Trevor Immelman was there and his brother Mark was also on it. So their rapport was good. It, it was kind of funny, actually. But even that wasn't enough to keep my attention. Yeah, right. Do you like Trevor, by the way? <sighs> he's no Nick Faldo. Right. It's it's a tough replacement. I think he's doing a good job, but yeah, he's fine. Not quite there. He's yet. better than he's better than like Azinger. Azinger's oh, terrible. Well, Zinger's asleep in the booth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had like five Xanax before every round. It's ridiculous. Zinger, oh, we'll get into Zinger. Well, it's almost Zinger season because um, this summer yeah. NBC has some events. So yep. we'll, we'll have plenty to say about Zinger. Hours of Zinger. All right. I don't want to talk about the Zurich anymore. Do you have anything else? I'd prefer we're done. Yeah. Oh, shout out uh, Carson Young and Kyle Westmoreland, my sleeper of the week last week. Yep. Uh, second or third to last. Didn't make the cut. Very nice. Very nice play. I yeah, hope you guys listen um, to that one. Probably, uh, let's just tell everyone that we thought it was Cam Young 
and Kyle Westmoreland. Right. Yeah, that was. That's what I did. So. C. Young. C. Young. Right. That's our mistake. All right. So we're going to start a new segment this week. We hope you guys like it. We think that it's fun and gets us talking about stuff in golf that maybe we wouldn't normally spend a bunch of time talking about. It's called The Cut Line where every week we're going to say something uh, that we think was really good in golf or important in golf, and they made the cut. And then we're also going to have a miss the cut, which something in the golf world that we did not like and is not notable or notable for the wrong reasons. I'll go ahead and get us started. And my make the cut this week is... On the DP World Tour, the ISPS Handa Japan Open, where Lucas Herbert and Nick Pugh took the win. His caddy, Nick Pugh, if you've never seen him before, he is one of the most electric caddies in the game. He has a long white beard, wears bucket hats, Jordans, long socks. The guy is an absolute rock star. We were introduced to Lucas Herbert about a year ago at the match play. Um, I wasn't familiar with him before that. His game is absolutely wild. He is one of the more erratic strikers I've ever seen, but absolutely bombs the ball. Most of the time, nowhere near the fairway. Has incredible escapability, unlike anything I've ever seen, and has a world-class short game. He's it's won some crazy events. It's unbelievable to watch. He could win the British I think a, Open. If he he played well at St. Andrews, I was thinking that's like a not a bad course for him because he can just kind of bomb it anywhere and then short game it around. I think he top 20, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, he was at least decent in at there. The Genesis at the Scottish. He did play decent he, at the Genesis Scottish. He's He has... No, no. He has a lot of game. He's won the Irish Open... Uh, the Dubai Duty Free, which Rory plays, if I'm thinking about the right one. Um, and he's won on the PGA Tour before on a windy course, by the way. Now we got the gears turning. Um, and this is another, this event, I don't know much about the field. I don't think the field was very good. But that's part of being a good player is is classing the field where you're the class of the field. Yeah, it's it's actually not a horrible event as far as the DP World Tour goes. I think it was a pretty big win for him, and I, I'm all in on Herbie. He's one of my favorite players, and he plays a ton in America too. Obviously, it was in the match totally. play, and I, we're going to see a lot of him down the stretch. I'm sure he'll be in the PGA, um, and then yeah, as we he's a tour member, he's a tour member. Yeah. he'll be in the designated events too. He's he's a ton of fun. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, um, he's my... he's really good guy. You should all be fans. Right. Um, I'm going to go over to Spain for mine with the guy that we've talked about so much and uh, stick with John Rahm as my make the cut of the week. This guy is playing in the Mexico Open. I was shocked. Look, we've talked about Rory and him missing the designated events. Rahm is he has to be gunning for that PGA Tour guy spot. There is zero reason he should be playing this tournament. He's three weeks removed from the Masters, played the designated event, got a single week off, has a designated event in the Wells Fargo, the PGA coming up a month after that, the U.S. Open, another couple designated events sandwiched in there. Is he serious? The, The field 
the field is almost as bad. It might be worse than the than the Zurich as far as as far as single. It, it's him yep. and Finau. I mean, yep, it, it's it's incredible. And and of course, like he comes out with a beautiful quote about it. I I don't know. I maybe I'm a sucker for this stuff, but I I really like. He knows what he's do doing. This. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's totally won my heart over. He can do no wrong. I mean, I. I I think he's gonna win by a hundred. He's Tony's the overwhelming favorite. Well, I I'm surprised this isn't like a Tiger Bay Hill number. To be completely honest with you, because it's it's, he's, get, he's, it's getting he's there. A I think favorite. Yeah, but I I don't. And this is one of those courses where you can just bomb it. We'll get into this a little bit, but it, mm-hmm. it fits his game as we saw last year. He wasn't even playing well, and he this is only win last year. Right. So shout out John Rahm for continuing to uh, let us see him. And honestly, I wouldn't watch this event if it wasn't for him. I'm just kidding. I, f- I think we're we're officially becoming Rombo stands at this point. Um, it's the Come guy the is, is just. Yeah, right. You're you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. We'll set something <laughs> up. All right. So my miss the cut this week is not from any of the main tours. We're going to the Corn Ferry Tour this week. I heard about this story and I cannot believe it. You've heard about it too, I'm guessing. Is this Boo Weekly and the shuttle? Is it was it Boo Weekly involved? I know that it wasn't he was one of the guys. This was my story for you today. Wow. Wow. So we're this it. is this is too funny. This is too funny. Um basically, I mean, do you want to go ahead? You feel free. All you man. This is your miscut. So so evidently at this corn ferry tour event this week, there was a threesome that was crossing from I believe eighteen to one. And a volunteer was parked in between the 18th green and the first tee. And he offered the three players a ride from the 18th tee to the first green. Apparently, you're not allowed to take unsolicited shuttle rides in pro golf at these tournaments. Big no-no. And which is a whole other can of worms. Um, I feel really bad for these guys. Most of all, one guy, his name is Wilson Fur. He went from inside the cut line to outside the cut line, missed the cut by one shot, and this was his last start with eligibility on the Corn Ferry Tour. He cannot play any longer unless he gets a sponsor's exemption. Devastating. This this sucks. Bizarre shuttle incident penalizes six, might cost pro his job. That's from golf.com. So yep. I had this story on a T for you. We're we're gonna implement something new here on the pod, maybe called Story Time or some name that we're workshopping. Um, after the the Thunder Bear conversation last week, and <laughs> I was ready to talk about this because I just find it so crazy that this happened to this this poor guy, man. And he was and he, he talked about it. If you hear him, he was just so upset. And apparently the yeah. the people that gave him rides were didn't mention anything about who they were, what they were doing. They were just at they were like, Hey, we're giving rides. Do you want one? Yeah. So so it, it actually wasn't even you can it's it's their fault, right? Because 
they need to be hyper aware of everything. They asked if this was a, allowed. They asked the person giving rides if it was allowed, and and the person said yes. Yeah. So it's it's it just and it brings up a bigger conversation with the rules of golf. I I'm firmly of the stance that if the rule is in place, you have to follow it, and it's not necessarily whoever's fault. You know, it's it's whoever's fault. It's their fault, right? You you feel bad for the guy. It's absolutely devastating. This guy works his tail off, I'm sure, up and down, grinding on these mini tours. And this is why he missed the cut and missed out on money and points and maybe the rest of his job or even career. Who knows what happens after this? These rules are ridiculous. And the fact that you you get penalized two shots, this has almost nothing to do with the golf. I I'm I don't get it. I don't I I, I mean there's that you have to with the rule book that's in place, you have to be able to go back and not let this happen. It, it's right. just, it's, it's sad. It's really sad because I understand certain rules being there, but like there's not a single soul on this earth that will argue that this affected the competitiveness of the golf round. First of all, no one's there. These guys are in volunteer shirts. Like there are so many things wrong with this. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see the guy pick up some sponsors exemptions. I, I think that that's probably um something that will happen i hope it happens for these guys it didn't really affect most of the other guys yeah right give him a tour event uh and i honestly wouldn't be surprised yeah i would watch him over whoever they're i don't know who the feature groups are yet i'm sure it's ram and finau i would watch him you know because boo boo weekly's in this field and boo weekly missed the cut because of this he was a six six under four under wow and he missed wow but he's in the I didn't know that. All around, just a really, really bad situation. Shows a lot of why people don't like golf. A lot of why people don't watch golf. It's still elitist. It's a good reminder. So for my miss the cut, tough to follow that one. But uh, we're, we are going to circle back to the live tour. I'm not sure if you saw this, but um, the, this morning and kind of last night, there were a few quotes circulating about Dustin Johnson firing at commissioner PGA tour commissioner Jay Monahan. No, um, I didn't see this. We don't give a damn how he feels. We know how he feels about us. So it's mutual. And this caught my eye just because DJ, you know, he seems he, he's not very vocal about this stuff. He usually kind of, you know, plays it low key especially he's done that with this whole switch you kind of saw it in the netflix stock as well turns out that was pat perez the uh reporters messed it up along the way and pat perez texted sports illustrated monday morning it was me that was me who said that thing about peach to her commissioner jay monahan <laughs> so wow this begs the question who said it because it certainly wasn't Pat Perez. He wants his name on this 100% because he's been so vocal about it. I I mean they have to assume that it actually was Dustin Johnson because it's not like those it's not like it's, you know, Pat Perez and another schmuck on the on the court. It's Dustin Johnson. He's Dusto probably the biggest probably name. Said it, he probably said it after a couple of drinks. Uh yeah, they probably he probably said it after a couple of drinks and Pat Perez 
more than happy to take the blame for this. He's, I'm sure he's said similar things. Maybe it's just teammates being teammates and helping each other out. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying this whole thing. DJ definitely said that. Because, you know, he's he's been involved in these in these scuffles, you know, but Pat's just now the problem that they did. They had here is that Pat's too obvious of a fall guy. They they should have <laughs> made it somebody low key, like like Pyatt, <laughs> James Pyatt. Oh, that, that would be just destroy the kid. The kid has no hey, game at all. Jimmy, come over here. For <laughs> Get <a> over here. <laughs> I love it. I love grand. it. Yeah. Here you go, rookie. This is uh this is your turn now. I mean, if we're being honest, it was DJ probably had a couple of drinks, maybe a little nose candy, and started firing off shots left and right. Pat hey, Perez is known to do this. this. Yeah, I I mean, you know that DJ's thinking this stuff, so it's not like it's so so out of character. It's out of character for him to say it, but you do you, there's nothing that you know makes him think like, oh, I love Jay Monahan, and I wouldn't say this. I've never said anything rude about someone in my life. I yeah, I'm with you. I don't buy it. Cool. Well, that was making and missing the cut, missing and making the cut. One of one of the two. Yeah, we gotta get right. some music on that for sure, or at least a fun voice. You know, we We're can do working that. The transitions. It's it's all work in progress. You know, but uh. Every week. Every week. A couple things that I just thinking about from like the live argument, the not live argument, live conversation that we didn't, we really didn't talk about with that, that I wanted to, where we didn't really talk about the hole in one. Uh, we just kind of like briefly right. mentioned it. Um, and uh, the shoeies. What are those? I wanted to talk about the shoeies. Every everybody was drinking beers out of shoes. Yeah, really, like the players, the fan. It was it was unbelievable. Every single person was just like drinking beers oh, out of shoes. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, I didn't know they were all doing it. I thought I just I thought just like everybody was doing it. Nope, that's everybody. kind of electric. That's like beer bag. It it was kind of electric. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's like a rugby thing. Um, it's, it was, it was really cool. It was really fun. Uh, but it was also kind of like a high school party. I don't know what right. it, I don't know what these guys do in Australia, but it kind of drink party at drink pretty outrageous. I guess that's what they do. Yeah. They got nothing better to do. They were in the middle of the desert or wherever they were. So, so the last thing on that Kepka, younger Kepka is hole in one. Were were they all out of shoot? That that was ridiculous. Yeah, I I mean they couldn't have asked for any. You know, if they didn't have a hole in one, would this many people be talking about it? I don't know. Uh, they couldn't have asked for anything else. I think the hole actually played relatively difficult in comparison to the course, but you know, just like the sixteenth at waste management, it was unbelievable throwing beer everywhere. The party started. They had great reactions. Um, it was pretty cool. I yeah, would have liked to be those there. Were, those were scenes when he when he did that, and of course it was Chase Kepka too, slinging a little draw in there, having it having it kind of trickle in from the right. It, it was great, great golf shot. But um, yeah, that it was almost to me 
when I saw the first highlight, I was like, oh, this is just like 16. And then just more beer came and the shot was longer. And it was just like more and more and more. Yep. And just kept going. Was going nuts. And Kepka was going nuts. And it was like yeah. Ryder and Ortiz did that last year, which was pretty crazy. But this one was, uh, they're onto something there. They definitely are onto something. And, and something I liked about it was that in Australia, they have like the Foster's beer, like the, like the really thick beer cans, just the way bigger beers. And that's what was getting thrown on. It was just huge beers everywhere. Uh, it was, it was entertaining for sure. Maybe they just stay in Australia and just all Aussie. So, so I can go down there. They're talking about doing a second one. Oh, no brainer. There should be at least two on the schedule. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it might even happen next year, right? Absolutely. Why not? So I guess now we can kind of go into this upcoming PGA Tour event. We have the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Touched on this a little bit earlier. The field is not awesome again, but there is a little more star power. Rom is, for some reason, playing this week. Tony Finau, the runner-up last year, is going to be here. Rom won last year. It was actually their first year ever. Um, it's not a hard course. The course will play very easy. And our one-year sample size showed that the Bombers are rising to the top. This week, we are going to look at distance, ball striking, and long iron play for keys for the most part. And to be honest, that really doesn't surprise me considering Rom and Finau were at the top last year. I don't even really remember who else was in contention. The field isn't great. The field will continue to not be great. Logistically, uh, it doesn't make that much sense within the schedule either. So you're not going to see too many people that were playing this week, playing next week, and vice versa. Really quick, a couple courses that I looked at for similar correlations were, uh, in in particular, the Puerto Rico Open, which is earlier this year. Um, These courses both have wind, hopefully, and length as their primary defenses. Right. I think also Corrales Golf Club, the the Putacana Championship, was Mm -hmm. like a decent comp. Um, That one is much harder. But they they both feature this type of pass pullum. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. Yep. Grass. Yeah, I get it. Uh, another one is we we talked about Herbert earlier. Uh, the Butterfield Bermuda on the fall swing. Uh, something similar. Similar grass. Similar wind. Tough courses. Bombers rise to the top. Yeah, the tournament itself is kind of playing at a disadvantage. Like you talked about, it's it's just odd. I don't. I think you're onto something that they don't care about these two weeks. Oddly kind of situated after the Florida swing, before we kind of start to go up north with the bigger majors. It's it's a really weird one. I'm surprised. I think Rom played here last year. I don't know his actual reason, but he was really trying to find his game. So mm-hmm. he was playing a ton. Um, I think the only reason he's back, and we've talked about this, is... He wants to defend his title. Yeah, I mean, the Bombers are going to do well here. The greens are not all that hard to read. So if you do have deficiencies putting, you're likely to find success if you can drive your way out of it. Um, 
the only other course that I saw that kind of plays like this is TPC Craig Ranch, which yeah. hosts Byron Nelson. I want to say weeks, actually, yeah, the the KH Lee. We talked about his elusive mm-hmm. quest for the triple, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to watch a single field event. I'll watch a lot more of the of this than I did the Zurich. How about you? Yeah, totally. Uh, Rom is worth the price of admission in and of itself. Everyone likes Finau. He's entertaining to watch. Um, I'm not sure that the course is a draw. I'm not sure that the actual event is a draw. I think that it's just better than what we had last week. And that in and of itself is probably enough to get me watching. So question. What percent chance to the best of your ability do you give John Rahm of winning this golf tournament? So I would say if he wasn't coming off the Masters win, uh, it would be close to like 30, like a third. Uh, I worry a little bit about how the Masters takes a toll on you. You don't tend to see a lot of players play well after the Masters, after they won. It It's just difficult. You have the media obligations. Rom has young kids. He's been traveling a lot. It's more of a reason why I'm surprised he's even here. I'm, I mean, he's he's the class of the field, right? So if he wins, no one's going to be shocked. He's probably the favorite in almost everyone's eyes. I don't know. Let me, I'm, I'm let me give you 15. 15. Yeah. I, you know, and, and 15 is a lot larger than your standard golf course. I, I put it closer sure. to thirty. He played. He played decent at the the Heritage. He is he so did. much better. He's John Rom in this field, and and it's it's fine. You have to be good out of the sand. That's the one the one thing. And he's he's great. He's great around he, the greens. He, um, he won last he's year. He's proved pots. that he's good. Right. Yeah. So I I just I think it's closer to thirty number. Um, do you want to get into a few other guys? Yeah, so uh, that was our little course preview, and now let's go pin-seeking. So, um, my first guy that I have this week that I've taken a look at is probably the best of the rest in a lot of people's eyes. It's Wyndham Clark. He's definitely having his best ever season. He's a bomber. He fits the narrative here really, really, really well. It's an easy course. He's played coastal course as well. He's going to make a lot of birdies. He hasn't stopped playing well. He was right there last week in his team event with Bo Hostler, who's really not very good. Um, he's played well very, very continuously, and there's no reason to see him stopping here when he's the class of the field. Yeah, absolutely. I, I struggle to find there's Rom Finau. I wouldn't put another guy above Wyndham Clark based off of recent form, how the course should fit. Um, I'd be shocked if, if he doesn't have a good tournament and isn't right there when it's all said and done, so long as Rom isn't 10 strokes ahead. Uh, to me, I'm, I'm looking a little bit further down the list at uh, a certain guy that may not fit the course, but it's a bit of a heart play. I want to see this guy win here so much. Nikolai Hoygaard? 
I have him down too. Okay, so he he doesn't fit the course perfectly, but he can hit it a good long way, and obviously has seen success winning a ton of times. He had an extremely good form in Europe. Played well last, last week. Year, and his continue it, and then played played pretty well last week. Uh, he was dialed for a while. If yeah. the Thunder Bear wasn't slowing him down, he could have. Uh, Thunder Bear must have been thinking about that airplane ride, but uh, I, we got I like his, his chances. This field is much more like that of one he'll face over in Europe, and he tend he had a big tendency to dominate these poor events in Europe, and then he would also play well in in the he would be top ten almost week on a weekly basis in the larger ones. So I think that you're getting one of the better players in this field, even though you haven't heard the name a ton. Um, just given the, the amount of guys, I mean, as we said, boo weeklies in this field, DA points, Kevin Stadler, Omar Morales, Ben Crane. I mean, guys that, that don't belong on the tour anymore. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I want Nikolai to break through. I'm a big Nikolai fan. So hope to see him yeah. in attention on Sunday. I've heard, you know, he's a twin, so he's got his brother Rasmus too. I've heard very good things about both of them. Uh, a lot of players have uh, called for them. The European players have said that they're both future Ryder Cuppers. They both have really, really big futures. Nikolai has had a great season. Uh, his ball striking has been really good. Uh, he finished runner-up to Matt Wallace a few weeks ago on a very similar course in a very similar field. And who he's going to win eventually. So why not now? So another guy that I had my eye on is someone who hasn't won in a few years, but played well here last year and has a major, which most of these people cannot say it's oh Gary boy. Woodland. I know. I know. I'm a little bit of a sucker for Gary Woodland sometimes. He still hits the ball really far. Uh, I believe he's still top 10 on tour in driving distance. Somehow. Even though he's getting up there. He is number two in ball striking over the past few months on the PGA Tour. And he was fifth in strokes gained tee to green here last year. Despite a 24th place finish, he was awful on the greens as tends to happen because it's Gary Woodland. But putting maybe doesn't matter as much this week if he can somehow kind of find something at all with the putter. He, the ball striking is going to be there. So I had Gary in our one and done pool last year at this tournament. I was a big fan of him going in. He was actually playing well leading up to this event. And I read something as well about his underlying numbers not being as bad as his results. So he was the next guy I was going to get to as well. Gary Look at us. is an amazing story. He's been hitting the ball this far for now 10 years. He was out there in 2013 when, when Tiger was having his good year bombing. Mm -hmm. I remember um, seeing him at the BMW Championship, and he is continually hitting the ball farther than all these guys, and to do it for that long is is really impressive. So, again, be pulling for Gary this week. I think he really fits the course well, and in terms for of sure. guys that can win, you're worried about a few of these guys that are up you know, near the top of the odds boards that 
get into Sunday, haven't won before and are unable to do it, unable to close the gap. And I don't think you have to worry about that with someone like Gary, just given the size of the events that he's won in the past. Gary is a really good long iron player. Um, If it gets windy, he has a really low ball flight, that low penetrating ball flight can't hurt. And here's my question for you. Some game that I play with myself every once in a while. Let's say that Hoygaard and Woodland are both in contention. Who are you taking? That's a great question. You play this game with yourself often? I do. Unfortunately. Gary Gary versus Hoygaard. Um, Not these two specifically. Just if there are these two people that I'm thinking about in contention at the end. Who do I actually think is going to take it? That is a really hard question. Uh, I'll say, I'll say Gary, but I I would go with his, Gary too. His putter scares me. His putter, but really he's gonna if he's in contention, the putter's gonna be there. No, that's, that's fair enough. That means it it has to be right, right. But you and you don't have to be a good putter around this place. It's not like you know, Poa where Tony Finau finished second last year. Yeah. Rom well, traditionally probably... isn't even a really good putter. He's just putting very well. He's very streaky. It'll probably be Rom for you now. But yeah, it, 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 lean Gary. Uh, any any longer shot guys that you like this week? Yeah, so I have a few. Um, this one's not a super long shot by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a guy who's been playing really badly, has just been beat down recently but is very 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 similar type player to gary woodland uh it's the canadian taylor pendrith he hits the ball a mile he has this low penetrating ball flight and a few months ago we were talking about this guy most of the golf world was as someone who's going to win very very soon yeah, and Taylor was in decent form up until the Florida swing. It felt like yep. uh, kind of a guy that we'd all expect to break through and put himself in the the Hadwin Connors conversation. I think Connors has probably separated himself at this point, but for some reason, these guys just can't putt. We talked about it earlier. If, yeah, it's if, a Canadian if he, thing. If he could make a ten footer on a consistent basis. He'd be lucky. I don't hate that play. Uh, for my long shot, I'll be moving over to a guy that played pretty well at one of these resort courses a couple weeks ago. Another guy that I've been tracking, he was given an exemption into the PGA Tour this year. That would be Akshay Batia. Ooh. Uh, really fun to watch. Has just a stunning swing. Uh, Incredible ball striker. It is It is fun to watch him play. Um I don't know if he has the best chance at a course like this, but I look for guys that can get streaky and he has that ability. So being the long shot that he is, he can just collect birdies. I think he was nine or 10 under in the second round at a difficult Corrales Punta Cana championship. He finished top five, I believe there. Right. But shot, shot even the other days had, had he just put a decent round together, he he would have won that thing with ease. So, you know, here's to hoping that he puts it all together this week. I don't have a ton that I like just because the bottom of the board is so ugly compared to some bad weeks. Uh, I think that just a a note on Akshay before we move on, he's going to be a star. Uh, 
probably worth hopping on the train now before he gets to be one of the better players because he will win and he will win a lot when he figures it out. He's 21 years old. So young. Uh, I've been seeing videos of him since he was a junior golfer tearing it up. It's The talent is there. He's so young. He's going to win for sure. Already has his tour card locked up for the rest of the year, I believe, too. And I want to buy my stock early on guys like this. You know, I I wish I had done it with the Schefflers and the Smiths of the world, but really optimistic for this guy in terms of the future. So I'll I'll be picking him to win a lot. Hopefully he can get it done. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm going to throw a few names out here and see what you think. They're all long shots. The first one is uh, Cameron Champ. Boy, I've heard his name being tossed around this week. He can hit it a long way. He's won. He fits the narrative a little bit. He's just not very good. That's why he's a long shot. Yeah. He's won That's on the fair. tour a few times. He tends to play well, like Augusta. Not Maybe not this year, but he's played really well at Augusta, which is, as you know, favors the Bombers. Long irons. He's going to be hitting seven iron while everyone else is hitting four iron. Yeah, we'll see. I don't hate I'm it. I'm trying to see the last. He, he Jacob, he hasn't made a cut since the Farmers. Well, there's a reason he's a long shot. I'm not saying he's, he's going to win for sure. He's, he's missed seven straight cuts. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. He's really, really not playing well, and he's not. Whoa. He's just not very good. He's just not very good. But he maybe it. could put it together. Why not? He's won before. Nothing. Nothing about his golf game says that he could win. But we're telling you, there's a chance. Yeah. Other than that, he hits it really far. You got to look for something this deep down. Um, another name I have is Kevin Tway. I've been on thinking about him all year. Um, he plays pretty well. He makes most of the cuts. Another guy who can kind of bomb the ball. Yeah, I'm not super thrilled by this one. Uh, I would actually go with Cam Champ over him, but that's just irrational probably. I do have one more. I forgot to throw his name out. Uh, Emiliano Grillo. Oh, he's in the field. Yeah, he, uh, he is in the field. Yeah, he's he's yeah. actually he's actually uh not being talked about a ton this week. I It's one of the better players sure probably. He's one of the better players. He won in 2015 and he just came off a top 10 at the RBC Heritage, which is obviously a very different course to this. But hoping that he found something and if he does, he should be better than probably 90% of this field. He's one of the better he's been one of the better iron players on tour for a really long time and is just one of the guys who just really cannot get the ball in the hole. He can't putt. Uh the iron play is going to be there. You got to hope that he finds a somewhat okay week. Like you're right, maybe he found something at RBC. I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. He's he's ball striking is going to be really good. I like that. One more for me before we cap this off. Uh it's not worth spending that much time on because it's another player who is just bad. And I don't think he's made a cut since I could be wrong, but I want to say October. Uh, it's Ryan Brem. 
he is another bomber who's won at one of these subfield events at uh, I believe it was Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, one of the yeah. concourses. I'm saying there's a chance. I like it. Take this mic away from me before I say anything else. I don't think I can let you say any more names. Because now we're starting to get... I, I, I was shocked you didn't bring up Luke List, but... Yeah, I might have to consider Luke List. Oh, boy. Yeah, we got to I love Luke stop. List. <laughs> That's enough for today. All right, well... Um, a good a good podcast today uh we got a lot done uh live live wins the week again what do you think well they they took our major preview we we actually had slotted in that we were going to talk about previewing the pga but there's just so much to talk about with what happened this weekend now that they've entered the fray there's a there's a conversation to be had so looking forward to starting the pga recap maybe next week if not leading up to it but um yeah, I'm still excited for the stretch of golf here. Obviously, kind of pushing through with the Zurich and, and now Mexico. But next week is the Wells Fargo, correct? It's an elevated event. Yep. We got some real golf next week. Uh, that should be exciting. You know, coming up, we have we're going to talk a little bit more about Liv. Um, they got another event this week. Uh, going to be a lot of talk about the PGA Tour. Probably some Rory McIlroy conversations. Maybe he's in the field. Maybe he's not. Who knows? Uh, and then yeah, that's what you'd think. Um, more on the PGA Championship. Uh, we got a really nice course that we'll be previewing and talking about quite a bit. And all things golf. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram at pinseeker underscore pod and on Twitter. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, please leave five stars. Any reviews are much appreciated. It all really goes a long way in the long run. And thanks again. See you yeah, next absolutely. week. Absolutely. Hit, hit him straight. Thank you.